0: Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.
1: Okay, ready? Think what you know and it's about a time when you get yourself in
0: I want to know something she I think about everyone in me. I'm holding it. I haven't seen you wanting you. Hey.
1: It's her ratio. Okay, though. It's her ratio. Okay, though.
0: That might be the best question I've ever been
1: asked. <laughs> You's a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary.
0: I am a fan
1: of you, my brother. I have a bit about can't, like canceling children's books and like how. What's the, I mean, like I like the stuff. See, it makes it makes everybody a. If, if you've got one way or the other, I don't. I don't like what stuff books like. do you want to cancel? Uh, Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> what's wrong with Green Eggs and Ham? Green Eggs and Ham should be a one-page book about consent. <laughs> You want these eggs and ham? No. Into the book. Into the book. Into the book. 30 pages later. We can't convince you to just try them. He tries them. He likes them. It's a metaphor for dick and balls, (laughs) Terre. He's trying to force the eggs, these nasty eggs and ham, salty ass eggs and ham in this man's mouth. How about in a box? How about if I make it float? Stop it. I'm reading this to my son. Maybe it's cold outside. Yeah, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> I'm reading it to my six-year-old child. Please stay. Please stay. Yeah. Like, take the lessons from this, little oh boy. You wait for the answer you Are want. Are there
0: other children's books you want to ruin?
1: Ruin? I'm not ruined. They were yeah, already you ruined. Ru- you just ruined that one for oh me. Oh, my I can't God. What else, what else you got? What other books you want to cancel? I feel, children's books. Well, Goldilocks. I mean, Goldilocks what? is like the, the caucasity for her to, like, go into this house <laughs> and like eat all the porch and become yelp all- immediately and, right, and is, sleep in your bed but yeah, you're, you're the one. one you're scaring me <laughs> the i'm calling the authorities on you what in the karen is going on what right is now? Karen is
0: like... i mean she is all white privilege all white privilege if she's a if she's
1: a sister she's no. getting arrested i couldn't do that for i couldn't be like bam <laughs> Wait, what, get, what, what, Where where your goji what? berries at
0: Jordan Carlos is an hysterical young man. He's got a podcast called Adulting. He does stand-up comedy. You might have seen him on the Colbert Report back in the day as Stephen Colbert's black friend. I've known Jordan for a long time. I love him, and it was a joy to sit and talk with him about comedy, about stand-up, about his life. Let's get into it. It's Jordan Carlos on Tore Show. comedians in general come on here and they're they're smart they're funny mm-hmm. and they will take the conversation away from you and you will make me laugh right and when i laugh I'm kind of losing a little oxygen to the brain, okay. right? I'm losing a little bit of my just self, right? Like when I laugh, I'm like vulnerable, right? Like if you made sure. me laugh, you could then move in and, and punch. I wouldn't be able to stop you, right? <laughs> you're sort of like right. I'm a little paralyzed because I'm laughing, yeah. And then you start doing that, and then the interviewer
1: just loses control of the, uh, the interview. No, I want you. To, I want you to have complete control of <laughs> this interview. I want you to have complete it's, control. No, it's fine. It's, it's <laughs> I, it, I, I was. I am not on a good footing. I came. Half an hour late. I don't care about that. I I parked in a commercial zone, <laughs> but I do have a fireman's I have a fireman's shield. So <laughs> so don't ask me how you, I have that. How do you have that? Because I've been I've been in New York for twenty years. I've so been I, in New York longer. I don't have a get fucking a, fireman's I shield. I gotta, gotta get a fireman's shield. You, how do you get that? You you uh, if your family member is a fireman. Oh, so geez. it's like so you get a fireman's shield. You put that anywhere. You just park. You park on top of people. <laughs> it's like you could park any place in Yo, New York City. That is the essential life
0: hack that new that's yorkers need that some sort of like get out of jail free card that i can park
1: anywhere oh yeah it's fantastic plus you have to understand it's a rainy day you know meter maids are usually sisters sisters are not getting out there in the bad weather so i, I took the gamble i knew i was late i saw the parking lot was like 50 60 dollars though i have spot hero and i was like you know what i'm just gonna park this get the shield out and that's it i know sisters ain't gonna mess up their braids they 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 edges it's. I mean, it's a gamble. Um, you could. You don't park in bad places in the rain in New York. I mean, um, you don't. N- if it rains,
0: no. But I. Yeah. Ha- but I did last week. I was driving around at like midnight, and I'm like, <laughs> it's getting, and I need to park right? right, and it's getting late, right. And I'm like, do I gamble on the spot that you know, like, is going to be bad tomorrow mm-hmm. morning? Because mm. I could. I've been driving around. I at that point, I've been driving around for a solid. 30 minutes around my neighborhood right. looking for a spot. Nothing's open, nothing's open, nothing that's legal. And I took the gamble, and that time it worked out. I did not get a ticket because I knew if I park on this street, mm-hmm. this major thoroughfare where there's no houses, somebody might just skip over this. And they did. And, and they did. Like, oh my God.
1: You, because you've cracked the code, you know the city too well. well but but it's a gamble because I do it again, I'll get that ticket. I've always, you, know, you know I'm going to tell you something, Toray. I've always I've always like been in awe of you, and I'm going to tell you why. Out of here. Respected you. Here's why. When I was uh, when I first got to the city, you were eating at this place called Blue Ribbon. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I was Fuck eating yeah. at Blue Ribbon, and I noticed how like comfortable you were. At Blue Ribbon, you were laughing with your friends. You had a big circular table, uh-huh, uh, and I, they yeah, put yeah. me like in the corner. They put me in the colored seating area, and you <laughs> were like, <laughs> <laughs> <That is> <laughs> <bullshit>. <laughs> "You were eating with all your friends." And I was bit. I was like, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, "I was like, God, he's being so loud." <laughs> and then he's like, "He's enjoying himself." And I was like, "God, I wish I could." Yo, do Yo,
0: I was at Blue Ribbon once, at, and I love Blue Ribbon. Um, Might have been like two a.m. Mm. Partly, I love it because they'll stay open super late, so it's yeah. fantastic. And I swear to God, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle Mm -hmm. were at a table together, like in the middle of this small room. Wow. And I'm like, nobody would believe me (laughs) that I'm like a table away from Rock and Chappelle together. I'm like, I swear to God, this happened. I'm like, oh my God. Where where were they eating? Were you at the table? I feel like you were at the the table. table. If I was at the table, I would have told that. I would absolutely absolutely be part of the story.
1: I was like, this guy. I've seen him, he's a writer, he's doing it. He's like, uh, he's dipping it and doing it. And I was like, I was eating off the appetizer menu and you were having like, I don't know what it was. It was probably like a seafood tower. Remember that menu? It was, it was beautifully drawn. Yes. It was like, that's I love when Blue things Ribbon. used to open, stay open late in New York. I love Blue Ribbon. Yeah, man, Blue Ribbon's great. <laughs> I, I My sister worked there, um, my sister-in-law worked there. I couldn't get no discounts. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. No, but I, I feel you in the parking. The parking, it's like you park in a place, it's like that old Carol King song, but will you love me tomorrow? You know, and you're like, you're like, will this spot be okay in the morning? That's or will I have to
0: take a walk of shame to shame. my car to see the orange? Ah, we ah. got you for sixty dollars, fucker. <laughs> so wait, so you are right now in the in the midst of building a set. A set, right? Am I building a set right now? Yeah, Uh, right. You're you're at town hall. Like you just sent an email out, but like I'm working on my set. I I love that. It's it's a little. (laughs) I'm not done. (laughs) Yeah, come listen to me as I'm working out. Right, you put in the email. I am working out. Yes, right, which we all know means like. I'm still building it. I'm still in drafts, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. it'll probably be funny, but like I'm basically practicing out in public. So please come to hear my. Rehearsal. Absolutely,
1: it's it's workshopping. So it's like right now, um, it's at Union Hall. I wish it were Town Hall. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I but was like, did I get booked to Town Hall? What it, it, like what the working out
0: Absolutely. process is for you? Because you're because I'm gonna hear you like just do jokes. And I'm like, Oh, that was fun. It it doesn't seem to me spotty when I see people working out, but I know you're thinking about that could be funnier. That could be funnier. That
1: could be funnier. That could be funnier. That could, that could be tighter. I could push more on that. I could, I could, um, extend the material. I could, I could say more on a topic, right? I could use a different energy when, um, when discussing one thing or another. So really it's about Feeling out, first and foremost, feeling out if the material that you do have, especially newer material, works, right, um, on a given topic, and if it's worth talking about given, um, given the other body of work that you have. So it's like, it's like you have this kind of thing where it's like you're, you're building a mass of jokes, right? And, um, and you want to you wanna say to yourself, is something as strong as the thing that came before it? And if it's not as strong as the thing that came before it, you got to toss it. It sucks. You got to kill your darlings. You can work on it. You can engineer it a little bit more, um, get under the hood. But if it's not, if it's not there and the audience will – the best thing about comedy is that the audience tells you automatically. It's, a, it's an immediate feedback loop. And if it ain't hitting, then that's it. It's like the difference between bacon bacon and turkey bacon. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the whole thing is the audience got to laugh. You, you gotta there's laugh. no like. Well, I'm Jordan. This is my taste mm-hmm. uh, because you're a funny person. Thank you. Right. So you, well, you genuinely are, but you must have funny taste to know like, you know, this yeah. is funny. This is this is not funny. Whatever. So then, is there any point where you're like, I, I'm an am- I'm an amusing person. I'm an amusing person. I think that's I think funny. That's, Even though you funny. guys didn't laugh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I know I can shape it up, shine it up
1: and make it better. You have to shape up your turds. So like the thing, but, but I feel like, I I feel like it's, it's, it's a journey for me because mostly I am like, um, I'm usually a second banana. So it's like, I have like, like, it'll be me and Michelle, Michelle Buteau, right? So I have a strong personality to work off of. And that's not, that's very, a rare thing to be like when I was a kid, I loved watching like Ed McMahon or I'd watch like Andy, uh, Conan and Andy. I was like always fascinated with Andy because Andy would like snipe in, give like, like an energy from here or there, like in the corner and like get a huge laugh after Conan had been like, you know, tap dancing for like a long time, Andy would say something and it would, it would get an even bigger laugh than Conan. And I loved that, right? So I was like, I was always fascinated with that. But but this process is like taking, um, like putting that to the side, putting that second banana energy to the side and really taking center stage, which is, it's kind of hard for me to do. Because I've always, I'm the middle kid. Um, I've always enjoyed, like when I was a kid growing up, I loved Lando Calrissian, you know, like. <laughs> he was great, he was great. He was great But we're supposed to be Luke. You're supposed to be Luke, but look at the images that were given to us. So anyway, I, I thought like what I was was a sidekick. So I always wanted to be a sidekick. So now it's like putting the sidekick role to the side and, you know, coming to the fore. So that has been interesting. And being the hero of your stand-up comedy routine is, it's tough. You know, because you have to talk about like foibles. You have to talk about like, um, you know, your flaws. Like, like I, I do this whole bit about like restaurants and elevated dining. We were just talking about blue ribbon, and just like to me, these places and spaces, f- like they constantly fuck with my confidence. Like the space does. The space. You is feel the intimidated in a high end restaurant. You, you would be seated in the nice booth. Right, that they always they reserve for the interracial couple. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? Ah, <laughs> they, wow. You know that booth. Wow. <laughs> you know that one. <laughs> you're like, oh you're a per se, okay. Right this way, <laughs> sir. Right this way. Oh my god. Look at this this guy's coming into the Dumbo house. Let's get him into the good tables. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm near the ba- I'm in the bathroom. You- <laughs> I'm in the bathroom most of the time. You and I'm happy, the I'm happy to be there. I'm happy to be there. Oh so, like, God. I go into those places. I swear to God, I went to this one place called Olmsted on Vanderbilt Avenue. It's just like Olmsted. That's the, n- the sheer name of it, which is named, I'm a history nerd. I know it's named after Frederick Law Olmsted, sure, the sure. guy who designed Central Park and Prospect Park. Prosec. And he said that the, the flaws that he made in Central Park, he corrected in, in Prospect Park. Park. Yes, and if you yes. didn't know that, well, you don't deserve to eat at Olmsted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, I go, I go in there, and it's because my wife. Reads the New Yorker every week, which is like, to me, I mean, I don't mean to be political, but to me, it's like this neoliberal handbook. And it's always (laughs) like she's just opens it up and she's like, tell me, tell me my opinions. Tell me what to like. Who do we hate? Who do we hate? New Yorker. Who's the bad guy? And so there's that one part where the guy might hear this.
0: You criticize her to her face about reading. The she New York loves Earth. it. She
1: this is our foreplay. This is we have <laughs> been married fifty This is the foreplay. This is why you only have two kids. Yeah, you'd right. have four
0: kids if you had better foreplay.
1: <laughs> you might be right. If she read the uh, Sunday Review books, whatever it is, then, then, then maybe then maybe we'd have other respect, kids that yeah. you'd respect. No, no, no. I'd say we'd have more kids, but I I feel like it's it's like these kind of commands that you have in. In um in a city like New York, where they they command you, like there's this part called Talk of the Town, right? right? Where they're just like like this man with a monocle, a cartoon man with a (laughs) monocle, is telling you to go to these places or you don't count or you don't rank. (laughs) So it's like, you know, with this one one time it's like good umstead, there's a culinary revolution happening. I was like, they're not chopping chefs' heads off with a guillotine in the kitchen. It's the menu. But, But everything's a revolution, right? So we go down there. And you feel intimidated. I feel intimidated, of course. Because it's nice, it's bigger than your apartment. It's nice, bigger than my apartment, everything's so nice, it's so well lit, and everybody's got that typical like New York cat energy. You cat go- Cat energy? You know, you you, you know when New you York go to energy? go to a friend's house and they have a cat. I have they a got cat. a You got a cat, Miles, yeah. or something like that, right? Marley. You, Mar- <laughs> good guess. Good guess. <laughs> I'm not a mentalist, but I am a judgmentalist. <laughs> it, it, All right, so it could have been Miles. It could have been Miles. I was it, close. Was close. Was I was getting an, an M for it. Was weirdly that was a weirdly musician, close. a genius musician. Yes, yes, yes. Long dead, but but yes, forever living in our hearts. Hundred percent. And Marley. I, I don't know, I'm, maybe Marley's a loving cat, but sometimes you go into a house and the cat is like, meow, and like goes up <laughs> on the bookshelf, don't wanna fucking talk to you. And that's every espresso barbarista, barista, every fucking bookstore employee. The restaurant
0: feels above you, you feel intimidated.
1: Every employee, because we have elevated dining to an insane point <laughs> that these people that are trying to work off student loans are like <laughs> oh, <laughs> elevated dude. to such dramatic heights. And I, I go and I'm like, ah! You know, the status is completely flipped. And so I think, uh, this is what I said. I They were like, do you have a reservation? And I swear to God, I said, I said no. And this is what I think I heard. They're like, good, because we don't take reservations. <laughs> so I was like. <laughs> why it, did
0: you uh, ask, Then Well, no.
1: Why did they ask? You're and,
0: right, why did they ask? I don't if know. You have a reservation, we don't take reservations. I was like, like a from, trick question. From that
1: moment, I was like, the Cheshire Cat is running this restaurant. <laughs> He's going to take his head off and go like this, like did this. <laughs> and and so, uh Anyway, you know, we, we finally get to eat, but they were like, they were like, can you wait in the backyard? By the way, there's quails there. And I was like, this is just so, why are we doing, why do I have to eat my, why, why does it feel like I have to be in the court of Versailles in order to like have a good dinner in New York? So we go to the back, we finally get our table. It's near the bathroom, you know, but we're happy to be there. You know, we're just listening to you know people's bodily sounds as we're like going through the menu. <laughs> That's not good. It's like, but it's every restaurant. It's every, restu- every restaurant I go to. It's like, you're crammed into a spot. You're happy to be there. You can't remember what you ate, but you're just happy that you went. And they all say the same thing. They're like, oh, we're so different. I'm like, is it, I'm like, am I cooking? What's different about this <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> or like, I'm like, is it small plates? No, we're giant plates, tiny forks. <laughs> is it? Is it family style? <laughs> It's dysfunctional family style dining. Dysfunctional yeah. family. Whatever. Well, love it that. means it means that everybody eats in separate places. No, <laughs> no one talks to dad. He knows what he did. And my favorite <laughs> thing about these places is like, you know, it's like uh, they 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 try to tell they, their big plug is that whatever they this restaurant was not a restaurant before it was a restaurant.
0: Right. Of course. Yeah, no, of course. Of course not. Of that, course that's that, like yeah. that's yeah. their that, big plug. It was a soap factory. <laughs> it was a.
1: Police
0: station. It was a, so much of Brooklyn is based on what it was before. What it was before. And we've retained some of that essence. Yes. Yo, I went to a hotel (laughs) in Boston once Mm -hmm. that had been, like that space had been a prison. (laughs) So I believe they called it the Gray Bar. Oh my God. Because Gray Bar is another a synonym for a prison. Oh. And it had like the like post prison vibe to it. Right, Like they were sort of projecting it on the walls of like, this used to be a prison. And they were like little, t- and I'm like, this is not cute. No. I don't want to stay in a post prison, <laughs> right? I'm a black man in America. I've been like tapped yes, out of prison, prison for
1: 50 years. And now I'm literally like, no. That no. sounds like a setup. It, right, They were trying to get you in there, man. Right.
0: <laughs> Not They're trying up. to get you in. But that's a bit that you're that you're doing. Yeah. The whole elevated dining how you feel intimidated yeah, in the restaurant and absolutely. very relatable, right? I can yeah. see myself having those feelings you're talking. About. So wait, did it I want you to talk about writing. Mm-hmm. Cuz do you write with a pen or is it just on stage? I write with a quill. Yes. <laughs> I write with a quill. How do you know? And and yeah. that was yeah. that was like a a story, right? right? Which I really respect when when comedians do stories rather mm-hmm. than like an abstract joke, right? Joke, and and right. I love an abstract joke, but like, you know, when you can tell a, a story and then this happened and then this, and I'm like, I love that, right? And there's all the little jokes right, that go along, along the way. The way. Yeah. We're not building toward a punchline. Like I'm making you laugh through this. St-
1: I love that. So how do you, how do you write that? Well, like, you did just this paint ha- the picture. You paint the picture and then it, with every performance, something new could happen. So you have to um, make room for the new. You have to make room for the new and, and and be open to an improvisation on your part. Maybe you ask for something from the crowd. And I remember at one point, I was just like doing the bit not too long ago. And I said to someone in the audience, I said, what do you think it is, man? What? Why... You know why is there no in between? Why is there just like either all we got is like Olmstead or Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> and like I was like, why all the elevated dining? And this guy goes, I don't know. It seems like this is what people want in Brooklyn. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? There's a Frenchman answering this. Can we get? I said something like, Can we get somebody without a baguette sticking out, sticking out of their ass in, a, in order to in order to answer this question? About what's happened to this city. You know, like, because the French, I mean, the French can never be incorporated into this city. The French, I mean, I I hate to be like a, uh, now I sound like a xenophobe, but they can't. They just can't be. All other ethnicities can be. So much. Nothing's happened
0: to them. So nothing's happened. Well, 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 they did have Nazi occupation. That's true. That's true. But so much of this city is the faux French influence. Keith McNally, those restaurants that, kind of have like a French Parisian sheen to it. Yes. No, they're not really French, but Mm -hmm. they're kind of pretending wink wink we're kind of French-ish. Yeah. Lucky Strike. You know, there's so many places. Baltazar, so many places like so I'm like that 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 wannabe Paris thing. (laughs) is definitely part of New
1: York dining culture. Yeah, but that's just TGI Fridays, right? It's like, <laughs> you're dressing up someplace as French. And then the greatest compliment, which lets us know that we are in a 12 mile prison, is that people just are like, it feels like we're not in New York anymore. It feels- <laughs> That's the then, goal. Right, and then some to be person- transported out of New York. I love New York, yeah. I don't wanna leave New York. <laughs> to fucking be transported in, I mean you want to be transported out but remain in mm. which m- makes me think that's like the prison yard experience you're like you're out you're in it. it all that goes away the yard experience that's right but all that goes away when somebody slings poo at the window and then you're like well I'm definitely <laughs> in New York now <laughs> Before the, the, I think that's there's a personal reference. Broken. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. it's <laughs> fine. Sorry. It's totally fine. It's but the totally spell is broken by then. It's and, totally fine. And just I don't know. I mean those places like, yeah. I would So yeah. you're doing that yeah. bit
0: on stage as you're working out. Yes. Are you listening to what are they laughing at? Mm-hmm. You're listening to your mind saying, mm-hmm. Oh, I could the voice in your head. I could. I could take this further in this direction. Yes. I, I asked somebody a question and he said, "Blah blah blah." Oh, the, right. So you're open to the improvisation. You're listening to. They laughed at that. Like, did it, did I hit a punchline? And they didn't really laugh, or right. was only
1: half of them laughed? Right. It was. Was it me? Was it them? I think it's. It's always my mind. It's always me. It's not. It's not them. It's you. What I it's mean. me. It's my fault if they don't laugh. It's not their fault if they don't laugh. It's like you have to work on your delivery, you have to work on your setups, you have to work on your punchlines. But it's not the audience's fault. A lot of times uh, in the past, I w- I would have said that's their fault, and I had to. My journey is like getting over that, and it's it's actually um, it's super it, it, it's incredibly hard to do because you know your ego is just telling you like they don't know what they're talking about. But really, it's like yeah, <clears throat> the audience came to see you, they came to support you, they want to they want to laugh, so. Help them do it. You know, like it's all about relating and it's all about communication. And if if you're able to clearly and in in, in in a clear way um connect with an audience, because that's all comedians are trying to do. Yeah. It's like this crazy shit in my head. I I need you to see this, yeah. please. You know, I, I need you to understand this so that we're not alone in this experience. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door.
0: Thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick... listen now to black stories black truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts I mean you know to me to I think a lot of people the comic is almost like a magician
1: oh yeah yeah and, sure and,
0: and and you are smarter mm-hmm. than us right you are make these are glasses well, well but you're on stage these glasses yeah. right you're saying all these things you're making me laugh mm-hmm. I never I never understand the heckler because I never want to talk because he or she is just dominating the conversation. It's like we're right. having a conversation, but you're dominating it. There's no room for me to talk because you're and you're effortlessly flowing to. Mm-hmm. And then my kid said this, and then my and now how did we get over here? here. And I don't I don't see the transitions. And like right. there's there's no there's no light show right like <laughs> singers have. <laughs> right, there's right, no right. backup singers. Right, right. I am just alone with a mic destroying you mm. until I'm done and 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 you're just laughing over and, and and I'm I don't and
1: there's, it's kind of amazing. Well, it's the the thought is if you can pull it off. I've always thought like a, I've always loved concertos and concert pianists. That have to like, you know, they say, you know, great pianists will often say that they don't hear the music, they just hear the wood hitting, you know, the key hitting the wood underneath and that that is like once you are at that point, then you know that you're giving you're giving your audience something magical. Now I feel like I don't mind people talking in a in a performance because it means that they are actually moved to talk. Okay. And it and um sometimes I love a good town hall and a back and forth. And and these days, I mean, Instagram loves that. Like a sure. lot of what I put out, I used to put out my jokes, and now I'll just put out audience the, the audience interaction. Because coming from like an oral tradition and coming from an, an ability to have a conversation back and forth that's yes, between two individuals, but it, it's actually includes everyone. It, I'm cool with it. Aligning
0: yourself with a classical concert pianist, extraordinarily Favorably. pretentious. Favorably. <laughs> Favorably. Unbelievably pretentious, yes. however. Never gonna hit that mark. How, how <laughs> do you, do you, that person, yeah. you talk about what they hear. It made me think do you hear different laughs sure like 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 they laughed like this they laughed like that and i want them to laugh like this that laugh is not enough
1: shallow la- deep like like do you do you you hear different laughs i mean sometimes it's rolling laughter sometimes it's waves of laughter which is wonderful and then sometimes you'll get um if people are uptight and that's okay because you're talking about a very sensitive subject um you'll get you'll get good laughter and it'll come it's staccato i mean it's all rhythm right so it's like it's, you'll, you'll have like a fill, like a, like of, of laughter. And that's like, um, you've hit a punchline, you've done really well, but they were listening to see if they liked what you were going to say. If you, if there was promise in the premise and you paid it off. So like what I talk about, like, I usually talk about class more than race. I talk about class because I like, <laughs> I like tightening buttholes in a room, especially it's <laughs> like, I've got you in there it's like when you're at the gas station and there's like, like, like those those TV shows come on the screen at the gas pump. Like that makes me happy. I, I mean, uh, to to really like, I'm like, you're locked in here with me.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Yeah, and now I'm we're going to talk about, and if you thought that we were going to talk that you're the good people and that you, you know, like, like if you feel like most people have a feeling that they are the good ones, Yeah. you know, and without ever kind of thinking about, all their habits and how they kind of like, I mean, this is getting to like a deeper conversation yeah. about how conformist we all are and how consumerist we all are and how that, that mass individualism and, and, um, the, the mass self-absorption gets us nowhere. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not, I'm not saying I'm just pointing it out and people, when, when you start talking about like high, high class things that people do, like they get really upset because that's what they're supposed to do, right? And they do them guilt free because of their other behaviors mm-hmm. right if they're if they vote the right way or if they say the right things, if they post the right things, then they should be free to have these indulgences mm-hmm. you know but i'm i I just don't I don't feel that way, and I feel also that the the culture of of style, class taste, whatever you want to call it, in New York is killing a lot of. A lot of what I came up with, a lot of the, a lot of things I enjoy a lot. And, and, and I'm, I, I want to point it out before it's gone. The Palladium
0: is now a Trader
1: Joe's (laughs) pointing, you know, case in point. There was an
0: epic Barnes and Noble on, I think it was,
1: I forget what, eighth. Is it eighth? Mm -hmm. And now it's a crunch. But that's the thing. See, Barnes & Noble's is a big box store, but now we are mourning the loss of Barnes & Noble. You know, like, like right. We, but, it was a, <laughs> but I'm like, it's a book bookstore store right. for- and that, but, but, but remember Shakespeare & Co.? Oh
0: my that God. That was a I thing in that. I and loved that. Shakespeare & Co., right. it was and th- so yeah. small, and it just it, felt, it was beautiful. And I don't know, it's like yeah. a second-hand clothing store now or something? I think Shakespeare <laughs> probably,
1: or like a core power. I But part to of what this. you
0: yeah. touched on there too, the comedian has an imperative to find the thing that they are not supposed to say and say, say that, yeah,
1: say that right you're not supposed to say that, and the thing about it is like um growing up the way I did, growing up a kind of like a you know you're gonna hate me again, but like a a black Nick caraway, right so in it, but not of it in it Wait, but not of where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in East Egg in the, in the 1920s, the Great Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, okay. but I grew up like, you know, with a lot of wealthy people. Private school? Private school. I mean. What school? Look at this guy. Uh, Green Hill School. Um, yeah, ooh, Green Hill School. We Green love it. Hill school Green sounds Hill school. expensive. All three of you went to private school? All three
0: of us. What did dad do? Um, so he, sexist, Well, he has yes, about dad, not mom. We'll, no, get mom. Wow, wow, so we'll get to mom. Wow. Wow.
1: We'll get
0: to mom. Usually dad's the higher. Most dad. families, dad's the higher. <laughs>
1: Look at you back
0: especially, back. especially when, when, when you were growing up, probably '80s. Should I answer like, or just
1: let you? <laughs> get, get, little, keep you trying talking? to dig myself yeah. out before I get No, he, he's, a OB-GYN. he's oh, an OBGYN. Wow. which men cannot oh, wow. be anymore. Doctor Huxtable cannot be that anymore. Wow. Uh, yes, Doctor Huxtable. What, what, what? did mom do? <laughs> and mom was an English professor. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, at a, at a, after, at a, at a
1: university. Uh, actually, at a at a community college because she's very Beautiful. up with the people, very up Beautiful. with the people, very Claire Huxtable. Um, <laughs> and and so and yeah, but black professionals very intelligent parents Very intelligent parents so we were like but but so I were you were
0: having these high-minded dinner conversations absolutely like the new yorker come to life
1: no i mean it was more it, it wasn't it was more like ebony magazine <laughs> it was more like ebony magazine articles but we definitely taught politics in my house and i think it was more what what really captivated me was like i was like i was i wasn't a quiet kid but i, I was definitely observant and 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 like a sponge to things. And, what, and one thing I did was notice the relative poverty between me me and my friends, mm. you know, that I had what would be considered a dream house, all these, a luxury car, like- You had a car? Oh well, no, 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 I mean like my parents, we drove in luxury cars, what but- What did they drive? Like a Lexus, which at the time was like a big deal. Like yeah? the LS 400 yeah. when it came out, I was in the sixth grade. I was like, we're moving on up like the Jeffersons. <laughs> You're my already God, my there. Dad got the 400. You had a big house? big house with a courtyard really? courtyard and a, and a white man's dog and like all this <laughs> stuff. It's all you could ask for. So then, so, but there was, but when you think about it, it was like relative deprivation. When I would go over to my friend's house, whose family, like, you know, they, they, they were the owners of, of Sanger Harris, which was Sanger Harris was like, there was Neiman Marcus and Sanger Harris and Sanger Harris lost out, but they were the Sangers. And when I went there in the first grade, they were in this, you know, kind of like postmodern Bauhaus. house a beautiful home with a moat. And so I was like, this is Shit. not my experience. And I was in the first grade and I was just like taking it all in, taking it all in. And I was like, this is amazing. And yet, you know, when I got to college, then beyond, I was Brown. used to, Brown, right. I was used to trafficking in these kind of circles, but I noticed that, you know, the behaviors of the people, the, the, the behaviors, not only of the of the wealthy or the rich, but the aspirational. And I want to make fun of these behaviors. Because I think they get you really nowhere, and I and and there's no and they, I think people think that they save you or they they give you a better life, but I find I find the whole the whole proceedings or the whole you know the life to be a little shallow, obviously shallow because it's consumer based. So
0: wait, when you told super educated dad, mm-hmm. super educated mom, <laughs> I want to be a stand up comedian. Were they like, what the fuck? We didn't send you to the fucking Green Hill and Brown uh-huh. for you to be a
1: fucking comic. They or were. Were they like, this is cool? I was. I was like, when I came out as <laughs> as a comedian to them, or I, I'm sorry, I brought them in, um, which is what they're saying these days. You bring them in, not come out. Oh. So um, I I thought it would be hard, and my dad was like, Oh yeah, we knew, we knew you wanted to be like in comedy. Yeah. Sure. Okay, kid. Like, really? I cried. He I was supportive. Cried. He was so supportive. Mom, too? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But they only got really support. Once I started making money from it, then sure. they were like, oh, this is great. I another comic on yeah. the
0: show who said his parents are still like, <laughs> I don't know about this. And he's, like, successful. And they're from the beginning, they were like, what? And like even yeah. he's, like, in it, multiple albums, like, yeah. little TV, little movie. Di- he's like, really? they still don't you're, know? You're still doing that shit?
1: Well, it could be you're still telling jokes. For it could pens. depend on where you're from. Like in Dallas, mm. Texas, you know, nobody does that. But you were the funny kid. I was not. I sat next to that kid, really? but I, I wrote down everything he said. So really? um, no, I was not the funny kid. I was like, I was like wry, sly, kind of kid. I, I don't, you know, even today, like I get, I'm, I'm an intro, I am an introvert. Like, like doing the, after this, I will be napping. I'll take sure. a couple of edibles. This is a lot for your social battery. Sure. Were you yeah. the funniest out of your siblings? No, my brother's much funnier than me. Really? They just don't wanna do, it's, it's not about, but it's not about skill at something. It's about who wants to do it the most. You wanted
0: this. so See, yeah. that, that, that leads me to something else I wanna talk about. Is this being able to tell jokes, being funny, uh-huh. is it innate? Is it learnable? Is it a combination of both? Is it a skill that you could
1: teach? I'd say it's 80 I'd say, 20. I'd say most of it is learned and, and 20. Yeah. 80 learned. Yeah, because you have no idea. I mean, you have some idea. Of course you do. Like the amount of people in comedy that are not funny, but, but understand the metrics of a joke and, and work in comedy is astounding. It's like, because th- they, by sheer force of will, they have made careers. And perhaps they are funny on the page, but in a room, dog. <laughs> like, it's rough. And plus, it's it's different. You know, it's different. There's racial components. You know you know what makes white men laugh, right? right. Other white men. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, so, so you have to think about that. You have to think about that. And, it, and it's like, it, you know, it's also where art meets commerce. There's also like, there's certain you know um, uh, directives that companies have now that where they want to take this person and you might not be the right fit, but the thing about stand-up that's great is that you get to dictate the terms. You are un- If you make a joke that is unimpeachably funny, there's nothing anyone can say that you know like I mean, in fact you- I, 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 I'll just I'll say this. There was, I had a heckler, and the heckler said. And after I crushed, it was like, I did 15 minutes and I crushed because it's me. And um, (laughs) I crushed. And at the the final joke, I was doing some joke. I was about to do a joke about uh, invisible labor with women and invisible labor, invisible work. Okay. Right? That sounds very fertile ground. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. it's, a, it's a good bit, it gets a good, it's a good bit, it got a lot of views on Insta, and it's like, it's literally, it's just like, I was like, I learned about this thing called Invisible Labor, you guys know what that is? And I, I said, and then uh, there was, it, it was a mixed audience, uh, well, first the IG video, it's like a mixed audience, and I was like, let me just tell you ladies what Invisible Labor is, because you don't know what it is, because you got little lady brains, right, because it was like, it was, because f- they'd give me permission to do it, sure, right, sure. it was fun. And then the next time I did it, I was like, do you guys know what Invisible Labor is? And she's like, I know what that is, all right? It's work that a woman does, you know? And I was like, I didn't even get the joke out. I didn't even get the joke out. I didn't even get to say anything. And and so she was like, you are not funny, okay? You are not funny. And I was like, all right. And then she's like, um, I said, I guess all the other people that were laughing were wrong. <laughs> Do you want to explain to them one by one? You tell (laughs) them one by one why their tastes are off. So, I mean, it happens. It happens. But But comedy stand-up, to me,
0: is a meritocracy, right? You go in front of the Mm -hmm. audience.
1: It's as close as you can get.
0: Right? You'll either you make them laugh or you don't. Chappelle consistently makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I can name another name. He like... That person does not make me laugh. <laughs> I don't watch their special. I don't go to their shit. Right? I gave him a chance. I you
1: love laugh. Jeff Dunham and right. his puppets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I, I, it's, Yo, like, it's I mean, okay. you know, I, I watched 10 minutes of David Wayans. I'm like, I'm not laughing. <laughs> no hating. I am not laughing. I am turning this off. I could watch Chappelle. We love you Damon
1: Waynes. We love you Damon Waynes <laughs> Jr. I
0: could watch Chappelle
1: 10 right. times.
0: I'm gonna laugh. but
1: that's your taste. That's it's like, my taste. it's, it's cool. but like, it's, a, but, yeah. it's a,
0: but it's a meritocracy, right in a movie mm-hmm. we can we can put glitz and glam around <laughs> you to make it work, right? right? A TV show can give you a lot of help. You're alone up there. the the audience is gonna crush. You're gonna crush or yeah, you're, not.
1: you're not. But you know what, it's, it's, the, it's the sickness of being a comedian and I'm so glad that people are starting to get away from this it, with, with, um, with the internet, with IG, with different platforms. It's time to do the music model when it comes to stand-up comedy. What do you mean? The music model meaning that like, at least, you know, they're more grassroots. The people that come out, like, if you wanted to go see, um, I don't know, name, Billie Eilish, right? If, if you wanted to see Billie Eilish, who's gonna be there? Billie Eilish fans. Right. Right. If you go to a comedy show, strangers come to see a comedian, right? And they're strangers to us. So we have to we until well, you're like reason. a
0: group show. If I'm like, "Yo, let's go to Carolines, let's yeah. go to this comedy cellar," then I'm going to see a group of people some of whom I don't I've never yeah. heard of.
1: You're going to see a mix a mixed bag. But most of the yeah. time
0: when I go out, I bought tickets for Louis CK right. or Michelle Wolf or whatever and I go and see them and maybe I get somebody one or two people before them. Right. That I didn't want.
1: Right. <laughs> Sorry, Op- you're not openers funny. who are very funny.
0: <laughs> you know? It's hard when people are like doing their yuck-yuck and I'm like.
1: But dude, you you're, can't. You're they're open, funny, they're warming yeah. you up. You're not warming me up, you're not making me fucking laugh.
0: It came for Michelle, now I got fucking Andrew Schultz. I'm not fucking laughing.
1: Wow, Schultzy, I love you. <laughs> you what
0: are you trying to do to me? <laughs> I me, you not that. You vanished. You know everybody, right? So you got. I know, be of cool. course, I know all these you gotta, people. Be, you got to be like, yeah, yeah, Schultz is hysterical.
1: Yeah. No, no. I I, no mean, I, on, I like Schultz. No, no I hating on Schultz, Schultz in, in specific. Uh, your taste is your taste, but I, I do. What I'm trying to say is this: even at that level of review, now people are like, let's say you're on a variety show, right? Now comedians have the forethought, and I love this. They're like, they're like screw this. I am just going to make my own cult following. Sure. It's just so much better to do this than anything else because you, you take the power away from certain like portals and platforms that, um, the traditional ones, the big three, like, you know, uh, you know, Johnny showbiz telling you that you are of value or worth and, and it puts more control uh, into the hands of the artist, And it also, Creates a true feedback loop that if you are funny in the space, you know you can you can then scale that to bigger spaces and it'll work. You know, you know, you you make
0: me think about some of the people I see a lot on IG. And I see Schultz a lot on IG. I see Rosebud Barker a lot on IG. Sure. And one of the just sitting here right now, thinking about Baker Rosebud. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No bro. That That when the <laughs> yeah. comedian seems to be trying hard Mm -hmm. and needing to make you laugh. That is off-putting, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if the comedian seems like, I don't really care if you laugh, I'm gonna just say my shit, but like, you know, I don't need your validation, which is very Rosebud. She's just standing there like, and do you know what he said to me? And I'm like, she's not like working it. She's just doing her shit, right? And like, that is much more attractive than they're
1: not trying hard. And, or don't, don't seem to be trying hard. They don't seem to be trying hard. I feel as though, well, there's, there's different energies. And if you, if, if your energy, if what you like is kind of like a more muted energy, then that works. But I've seen muted energy not work. Sure. Like, of course, like of muted energy can, can also not work for me. I love, I love a good, I, I came from a Baptist church background. I like to stalk the stage I enjoy a, a, like a frantic energy that has people die, like like that kind of I love that. That's comedy to me. Like I I think and it's also not who I am as a person. You know, so when I get on stage, the
0: person you are on stage is not your real self. Yes.
1: It's a wonderful persona and somebody I get to be on
0: stage. And and have you thoughtfully cultivated this is who
1: I am on stage? Mm-hmm.
0: So you've 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 figured out that personality. Figured out that person.
1: Interesting. Crackling with, with with kind of like an anger or a bitterness about like what I see around me. Which is different than who you really are. Different than who I really am. I so think you're playing yeah. a role. I'm playing a role, Interesting. Right. Yeah, I mean, there is. Cause you, there you is, seem
0: very- I'm very salty, but- Authentic. <laughs> yeah. Like when I see you on stage, I'm like, you know, that's, that's my man. I mean, like, I know you, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't see a difference. There's other, <laughs> con- I mean, like I interviewed Cat Williams fucking hysterical yeah he is totally different in real life than he oh, is on stage absolutely um and i thought you were the, the same same the
1: same but you're but you're like no 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 it's a heightened it's a heightened version of me it's 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 i haven't gotten my order <laughs> and it's been 20 minutes you know what i'm saying it's, the, <laughs> that, it's person. that it's that person and i love that i love that i love getting to be that person because there's also like when I was a kid, I learned not to be afraid of like of white people, like because I learned how, I was around them so much that I learned how to talk to them. I was I got lucky in that way. In the there's some there was obviously some baggage damage that I'm working 100%, out in therapy. Hundred percent. But one of the things was like I, I I lived in Texas, so we played. I know I don't look it, and I've crossed my legs like I'm on NPR. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like I have a new indie film I'm gonna um, show at Sundance, you know. <laughs> We got the budget, and it was like A twenty four was so great to work with. Uh, so no, but 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 I played I played football, and and when th- were you a kicker? No, <laughs> no, I was I was a corner. I played corner. Shut but up. Yeah. Okay. No, man. Listen, dude. This fast young Negro is gonna fast, be the corner. Yes, he I'm can still run, fast. He can run backwards. It's yeah, fine. I'm, st- I'm telling you, man. Uh, yeah, I can do it all backwards, like Ginger Rogers. So like so um so uh I got to tackle white guys. And I'm talking about like when you're kids, like no pads, you're just hitting white children. In Texas, you're beating up white people. You're beating up, you're laying them out. You're trucking them. The the
0: private school experience will absolutely teach you the white man's ice is not colder. They are not smarter than us. They don't know something we don't know. Yeah, And you come into the world with no sense of illusion of like what white people are. Mm -hmm. And it's very liberating. It's very liberating. I should, I should Also, honestly, there's trauma that you have to, as you oh, said, that you uh, have to unpack. Just that a little bit. Other shit, but you also get
1: that. <laughs> yes, you also get that. So, <laughs> what a what a gift. Um, but, <laughs> thanks, but, Dad. Yeah, thanks so much, Dad. But it. it but I do feel like um, what it taught me was like how to talk my way in and out of situations with authority, with authority figures. And to not be afraid of, of white people, to understand that they do have power and privilege, but like, and not to be like cocky about it, n- never cocky, but to have like um, a toolkit, a linguistic toolkit, you know, to, to pick from and to, and to be there sometimes when pe- white people forget that you're around
0: mm. and to see how,
1: how people interact and say, the things they say. I remember like in college, we do wild shit and then my friends would be like, you know, but you're never fucked, man. Like this and that. Like they would. You're, <laughs> did they, they, you're never fucked or you never fucked? No, you've never. You're if you if you're they'll tell me you a, a sticky situation. I'll tell you a story about a sticky situation. And then they'll say something like, "Guys would be like, you know, but you're never fucked, right?" Like my dad made a call to the mayor, and, oh, <laughs> and then they wow. were paying me, and I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> like, wow. You know. but
0: you're never just out of it. You're never out of it. You yeah, always, you, you it, always have your white privilege card."
1: <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. never heard that term, "You never
0: fucked." No, but the whole yeah. white privilege card—that yeah. notion—I've heard of. I yeah. know they are like, "Yeah, I mean, I can, I can get out of this." Right. I remember I went to right. one of my high school reunions. And I asked this white guy, lovely guy, um, so, you know, what are you doing as we do? And he said, I'm between jobs and that (laughs) means you're not working. But right. ne- and black people never say they are between jobs because we never have the <laughs> confidence to know for certain there's one ahead. I know I worked in the past, yeah. but am I on my re- am I on the slow road to
1: becoming homeless? I can't be certain. Probably not, but maybe. I've actually had that back. Uh, that's I. I've said that before. I've I've been You're that between privileged. jobs. Yeah, I'll be like I'm between jobs yeah. right now. Things are like things people. are good. I'm just kind of figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. Yeah, but I, I noticed- I've actually had, I've, I've I've had that experience, and I know. I mean, I, I'll say it, and it's I feel like it's bullshit, but I'll, because I don't know when I'm going to work again. But I've said it. I'll admit it. You're in entertainment, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Right? So
0: we we get into that like okay, yeah. I don't have a gig now, but I I'm established in this career. People know the name Jordan yeah. Carlos. Like I'm going to work again, but like in the rest of the world, like you never know. You never. But remember. I yeah. feel like. There's really two kinds of comedians when we're talking about the 80-20 thing, Mm -hmm. that there's people who need solid material, the Chris Rocks, the Jerry Seinfelds, and like where every word and pause is matters to whether or not they're gonna get the laugh. And then there's people who are just so fucking funny, they could (laughs) read the phone book, Bernie Mac, Cat Williams, some other folks, probably should be, could just read the phone book and you'd be dying. And like, he just said,
1: Mary Baker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nine, one, seven but Why is that funny? I'm dying because they understand different modes of comedy. They understand that like you can be as confident in your, in in your tone and know that tone will give you a laugh Mm -hmm. as much as, as the actual words will give you a laugh. And that silly comedic tone Mm -hmm. can kill. Yes. Can kill because it's all about rhythm and timing. I mean, like Mel, Mel Brooks was a drummer. You know, it's all about like timing, rhythm over and over again to lull somebody into some kind of like um, measure for measure beat. And then you, and then you sock them over the head with a great punchline, you know, like that's all, that's really all it is. And you can have them, like you said, it becomes magical. You know, it is like linguistic presentation, yes. but it's also tonality. It could be the way you move your body. Like me, I like to move my body. I love like, because people are like, I like to be loose in my hips and I like to move around and I'll play a character that's like, like the way I describe the guy at the restaurant. I don't, I, I'm like, um, I'll be like, I'll, I, can I, dim- I don't know how wide, this thing was on, but I'll just be like, I was like, I come into the restaurant and then they'll, um, I'm like, I talk to the waiter or the, 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 the host and the host is just like, can I help you? Yeah, we're different. We're fucking different. I'll do that, which is literally <laughs> twerking. I'm twerking, but you know who else is is twerking on the lineup? Nobody else, you know what I mean? So like, so I'm like, I'll (laughs) move, I'll use my whole body. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. No one else is. What does
0: eating healthy mean to you?
1: From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. But some of that is
0: about folks who are a little naturally funnier than others coming into comedy. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure Seinfeld and Rock were very, very funny as children. Yes. But like... Yes. Right? I mean, like, you know, Michael Jordan had... A great ability to jump and other right. Yeah. Put him in another. We were like greatest athlete of all time. Put him in another sport. He's a minor leaguer, <laughs> right. right? Greatest ball player of all time, but he's a right. Bo Jackson. Give him a chance. C- <laughs> could not have gotten to Michael Jordan height, but he's extraordinary in multiple sports because he is. A, so if he hadn't like, his hip. You know, like like just give Cat Williams a mic and he'll just he'll destroy, destroy you. we will destroy. Rock will
1: destroy, but he needs three months to get the material together. Yeah. And to write it out. Well, two years. He says he needs like two years between specials. And that is like, even that is like, that's astounding that his mind works like that. And then he has these kind of really high standards because he's not going to give you anything but his best. Now, Chris Rock could riff, and if he wanted to, I've never really seen him riff, but he could riff if he wanted to, and it would still be great.
0: Probably. And like
1: you can get a lot out of that's what I love to do. Riff and record. You riff and record. Like so yo, yeah, you go home and listen to yourself. Absolutely. And listen to yourself or to the audience? Listen to myself, listen to the audience. The great ones did. Like like Woody Allen was the first that was the first time I ever heard somebody of somebody recording. Like what Woody Allen used to do was he'd be at like Cafe Wa, whatever it was. He would record, I know we can't talk about him, but like he, he recorded sets and then go over them with his managers about what worked and what didn't cut, what didn't keep, what did. And then like, when you kept what did, like it made you look like a genius. Sure. You know, I mean, it's, it's all about like, you know, being at the piano and figuring out like what works and what doesn't. Unfortunately, I'm sorry we have to do it in front of an audience. You know, that's, that's the hard part. And I part. know what you guys do. You'll do a set mm-hmm. and then you'll go over to the booth. <laughs> Right, right. And right. there'll be two or
0: three other guys or women over there. Who've and they'll be it. like, that bit was great. Mm-hmm. You could have tagged it with this. You should have ended it sooner. Yeah. You could add this. this and maybe he or she is like, good idea. Not I'm not yeah. taking that, but I'll take that of it. So you're there's a way you can. To- yeah, yeah.
1: You work together. I mean, there's so much when people do that, the amount of gratitude I have towards them is it's it's overwhelming. I've done it for other people. And because you're captured by the essence of their idea. And you're like, I want more for you, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's hard because standup comedy is so individual, but you have your friends and you want them to do well. And you give of your own creative talent. You're like, okay, well, let me, let me try to make this for you. You know, let's make this the maximum expression of what this, this bit is, mm. you know? And so that's like that, that I I love. I love when my friends do that for me. Or they will be like, like, there's one that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uh, Seinfeld says, you know, three bits is a joke, right? I'm sorry. Three jokes is a bit. So it's like, I have a bit about can't like canceling children's books and like how, <laughs> what's the, I mean, like <laughs> I like the stuff. See, it makes, it makes everybody, everybody if ever you've got one way or the other, I don't, I don't like what stuff books like do you
0: want to cancel
1: Uh green eggs and ham. <laughs> what's wrong with green eggs and ham? Green eggs and ham should be a one page book about consent. <laughs> You want these eggs and ham? No. Into no, the book. Bu- into the Ed. book. Into the book. 30 <laughs> we, we, pages later. We can't convince you to just try them. He tries them. He likes them. It's a metaphor for dick and balls, Terre. <laughs> He's trying to force the eggs, these nasty eggs and ham, salty ass eggs and ham in this man's mouth. How about in a box? How about if I make it float? Stop it! I'm reading this to my son. Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, baby, it's cold outside. I'm reading it to my six-year-old child. Please stay. Please yeah. stay. Like, take the lessons from this little boy. You wait for the what, answer you what, want. Are there other
0: children's books you want to ruin? Ruin? I'm not ruined.
1: They were. all you just ruined. Ru- you just ruined that one for me. Oh my I god. Be. What else? What else you got? What other books you want to cancel? I feel children's books. Well, Goldilocks? I mean, Goldilocks what? is like the the caucasity for her to like go into this house. That's- and man. like eat all the porch and b- become Yelp all- immediately. And, <laughs> <Right>? and <laughs> sleep in your bed. But yes. you're, you're the one. one. You're scaring me. <laughs> you're the problem. I'm calling the authorities on you. What in the Karen is going on? What in the Karen is going on?
0: I mean, she is all white privilege. All white privilege. If she's a, if she's a sister, no. she's getting
1: arrested. I couldn't do that. For could be blessing. like, bam. Where are you, goji berries <laughs> at? What else? What else? What other children's books you want to carry? I always felt like. I, I felt like the giving tree was bullshit. I thought the giving <laughs> the tree giving was tree just like, sad. well, it's just, it's, it's about, it's, it's like, it's instructing young boys about how to treat a woman. You know, it's like, <laughs> take, take her limbs, take her fruit. Wow. And when you're done with her, you know how it ends? Yes. How does it end? The tree gets chopped down. No, but how does it end? He sits on her face. Yeah. He's so all <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> sits on the stump. stump. Yes. He said, that's all uh, she's worth. God. And yeah. it's like, good night, son. I hope you've learned valuable lessons here. Shel Silverstein was a maniac. Uh, you know that, right? Don't ruin my childhood. Okay, but he like, hung out at the Playboy Mansion. Uh, well, that was accepted at that <laughs> Doing time. Doing juicy lines of coke. Was every, like, everybody was trying to get to the Playboy Mansion at that time. Look, I, I'm just telling you where the sidewalk ends, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to give you some insights. Wow. I noticed in almost every
0: single stand-up set uh-huh. I've ever watched, at some point the comic will do another person's voice. Sure. They will, they will always throw it, and I talk to the cashier or my mom or whatever, and then go into another voice. Uh-huh. At least once,
1: if mm-hmm. not two or three times. Right. What is that thing that every comic <laughs> does? Well, you're trying to um, create a scene and paint a picture for people so that like, you know, it's, 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 it's what we all do. We all do this. You've had roommates. Right, sure. you you've long time ago, long so time ago, sure. friends, your wife even, sure. you know, and you you know when you talk, if I called her a roommate. She'd be very insulted. Right, he'd C- continue. But you see him say, <laughs> comma, comma, comma. <laughs> if you've had an issue with them, and you want an audience with somebody else to make you feel as though you're not crazy, you will do an impression of that person. You know, it's just like I was talking to my roommate. About you know like keeping the cheese wrapped, and then my roommate's like, "Oh well, you know, gorgonzola is fine if you leave it." Everybody, I'm on your side. I'm already on your side. You <laughs> don't have you've to do-
0: characterize the other person yeah. and made them look stupid. Yes. So in characterizing them, yeah. you're doing the
1: arguing against them. Against them, right? You're, you're already like, would you like? So, but it's you've like- created a scene. Exactly, in, but that's in, what every everybody does. I'm just saying everybody sure. does that, but we do it on stage. So it's like, you know, if like if I'm like, yeah, um I was like um I I didn't take out the recycling the night I was should have and my wife was like, "Why do not you ever remember <laughs> to do things? that <laughs> not your wife." I like that's not tells. how my Exactly. If my wife sounded like that in real life, I probably wouldn't be with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow! <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's wow. like, it's like, that's what people do. You make a you make a caricature of those that you have issues with, so people more readily. What's your top five? My top five. I'll give you my my number one. Yeah, the one that inspires best, me the best most. Best stand up all time. Best stand up of all time. I'm I'm I mean like, it has to be. There's there's. It's a toss-up for me, but contemporarily, I mean, of course, I love Pryor, of course, but I think that like Bill Burr's "Let It Go" Interesting. from Stem to Stern is one of the best written, well-performed pieces of material I've ever seen in my life. And I'll tell gotta, you something else. I got to try. I got to try that. You, it's it's
0: fantastic. And I'll, You know what? Yeah. I, I am. I maybe this goes to the personality thing that you touched on before. And I know he's married to a black woman. <laughs> But it's it's right. giving Boston racist. It's giving Boston. I grew up racism. in Boston. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm so, sorry. So, so so you grew right? up in Boston? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. A, so like you you grew up in Boston? I, absolutely. I'm so sorry. So I I and I accept your apology. <laughs> and I would never live there again. But I, I and it's a different city than it, and it, was it was when I was growing up in the yeah. 70s and 80s. But like he the persona the sound of the voice reminds me, me of thing. that, and I know comedians revere him and think he's one of the great smart mm-hmm. guys. and i uh, i think it was it was either a special or as a net or a SNL n l monologue and i'm like trying 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 and then i'm like nope see that that see that that's racist right there and i'm like but his wife is black and i'm like
1: well i'll t- i'll tell you right now do i like everything that bill Burr has ever made no But I do Do see. Am I crazy? You're not crazy. You're not crazy. You just haven't heard this special. No, I haven't. You haven't heard the special, the special that was written in 2009. He's up against it. You can tell from a comedian's point of view, this is a person that's been on the road. He's sick, but it's his first special. And he's like, he gives it his all. And it's it's so like airtight and so good that. Of course I love it. And it actually is a wonderful, it's instructive in how to create a special. This
0: sounds like the reverence that people apply to Tig Notaro's famous hour. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think it's more of like, I think it's an underrated special.
0: I really, I think it's, I think Let It Go is an underrated special. So so I say greatest stand-up and you say Burr.
1: I don't say, I didn't say greatest stand-up is Bill Burr, but my favorite special is Let It Go by Bill Burr. Okay. So, I think the greatest stand up is definitely Pryor, because Pryor, Pryor wanted to be another comedian, and then he changed that to be himself. So he wanted to be Bill Cosby, and then he realized he was, he'd never be Bill Cosby. He's just such an extraordinary storyteller.
0: Yeah. About himself, about other people, his youth. Other, like, I'm like, I see this extraordinary story. Mm-hmm. See, because part of what you guys do is you're compelling. So there may right. be long stretches where, and I'm talking about 30, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, where we're not laughing, yeah. but we are on the edge of our seats and we wouldn't listening. move a muscle. If like, <laughs> what is he or she gonna say next? Listening, 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 right? right? And And then, right, tambourine, Chris Rock, There's Mm -hmm. a good 30, 40-minute section there toward the back half that is not funny. Yeah. But you are compelled. Yes. Because he's talking about why his marriage broke up. Right. And you are on the edge of your seat,
1: not even trying to make jokes, but you are compelled. But you want to know more about him. Yeah. I think that's the thing about Chris Rock is like, I want to know where his thoughts come from. And I'd like to know, I think he's gotten to a point where it's like, yeah, you want to know about this person and what, what truly makes him tick. I mean, he made a very, like, when I was uh, younger, I remember his documentary, Good Hair, and, like, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Loved, I loved the intentionality behind it, like the intention, excuse me, and I loved, um, I loved how he took his time and it was so thoughtful and such a good documentary. And then, you know, like, so he's got this family and he's in Alpine, New Jersey, but I know that he's got, like, you know, The Temptations of the Bright Lights, Big City. But he and, never talks about his real self. And until now, I mean, uh, that was a he way good there. hair was a good hair, w- hair was a way in But yeah. good hair was
0: external, right? right? Let's take the journey to see where hair comes. Yeah. from. Yeah. And it, it's great. Great doc, right? I feel like prior was like this is open-heart surgery. Yeah. I'm telling you who I really am Especially when we get to live on sunset trip. Yeah, it's like this is what I went through this is who I really rock never does that yeah. Chappelle I'm like you're doing a version of yourself, but it's not. You're not really talking about you, right? The way I'm trying to think, who goes up there and says,
1: you know, this is my life for real? The the bold do. The bold truly do. And I, and and sometimes it's the singer, not the song. So it's like mm. if you, some people do lay it all out, and you're like, meh, you know, like <laughs> you're like next yeah, <laughs> like you're just like you want you want somebody and, and and for for um for chris rock to lay it all out there i think he's earned the right of course he's earned the right to lay it all out there prior just i people don't know but like you know or it like one of my favorite specials of priors is like in this cafe uh-huh. in which one watts
0: which, which special?
1: I can't remember the name of it. It was okay. like, it, it was insane. He was at the lowest point of his career. It was 1971, and he made a special oh, at like early, a chicken early, shack early. Yeah, yeah. in Watts. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't really the, the prior we, we love. It was too. an inflection point. Everything had to, everything was like, he was going up after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was his very bottom. So, like, but he was completely open yeah, yeah, about yeah. who he was, but he hadn't figured out, okay, how do I make this funny? Yeah, yeah. How do yeah. I make this palatable and entertaining to an audience and i think the way through and to, to like to do that is to have distance you know maybe go to therapy you know and to be friends with that that side of you that is dark and and you know all stuff somebody said to me to be a really good comic you have to be sad <laughs> um
0: like deep down inside you're you're actually a sad person
1: Jeez, I mean, I like Pognacchi. I like, you know, the crying clown. I think that's great.
0: Okay. You know, so you don't agree with that notion? I don't think
1: so. Okay. I don't think so. I think I think you have to be friends with darkness, but I don't think that you have to be sad all the time. Like me, I'm I'm like I'm often peaceful and peace. Like you don't have to be happy. If you try to be happy, if a comedian tries to be happy, you should you should check on that comedian. What do you mean? Because we, uh, we lose at least two to three a year comedians. They kill themselves. Kill themselves or, you know, overdose or indulge in risky, um, self-destructive behavior that could, that could, you know, eventually catch up with them.
0: So what do you mean by if they're trying to be happy? does, Does that mean they're trying to break out of the depression?
1: No, I think it's like, yeah, I, yes. Or yes, yes. Trying to break out of the depression, what you said and not, um, not confronting or coming to, grips with their own demons, right? And which are just sides of yourself, you know? Um, some things that in our lives, like, but that's what a lot of comedic um, juice comes from. If you watch a show, most the, the biggest laughs come from um, when a character tries to hide something, right? When I was a kid, I used to love Third Rock from the Sun and John Lithgow would always deny that he was an alien. And that was always so funny to me, you know? So it's like, When you do stand up comedy, you are presenting a certain part of yourself because you want to be loved and things like that, but you're presenting um, something that is even palatable palatable to you. Sure.
0: You know? There was a year where Ronnie Chang had Mm -hmm. an incredible special on Netflix. Yeah. And Michelle Wolf had an incredible. And me and my kids, anytime we had a long drive, we would listen to both of them over and over and over that whole year. Yeah. And I thought a lot about how you Ronnie could not have done Michelle's hour and Michelle could not have done Ronnie's hour <laughs> no, no, no. right it would not have no. made any sense yeah because they had put so much of their real selves mm-hmm. into the stories that they were telling mm-hmm. that it this is this is 100% Michelle mm-hmm. and nobody else could do and this is 100% Ronnie and no one else could do it and 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 when you really nail the special the hour yeah. it is individual to you nobody else could do that right right and that's where you are and and perhaps that's the difference between some of the things you're talking about in terms of like i always saw myself as secondary Mm -hmm. and now i'm trying to move up to being primary and you have to put your real self on the line oh
1: it's so hard i mean like i've uh written had a hand in writing just let me be clear um for uh michelle buteau that won a critic's choice Award. I was really happy about that um, for uh, Gad Malay, who's like the J- Jerry Seinfeld of France. And then another guy named Bassam Youssef, who's, he was, he was the John Stewart of the Middle East. Mm. And he was the one that had to leave. Like, remember, he, um, he, he, he helped, like, um, oust Jose Mubarak mm-hmm. and then the Muslim Brotherhood. So I'd been, like, I can be a hired gun. So I had to change the way, like, even now in my head, when I write, I, for myself, I think of myself as a client. I cannot do it for myself. So I have to think of myself as a client that I'm writing for. Interesting. Because that was the only way that I, I could be able to just uh, make this material. So like it, you have to find a way. But that's also you seeing yourself, your your onstage
0: self, as mm-hmm. an external thing right? so that you can – pilot into him yes. right and give him things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, that that's been like such a a saving play for me. It's just like, okay, if you feel one way about yourself, you know, you have to come to grips with that and as a comedian or it'll it'll drag you down.
0: So you're you're really
1: trying to manifest that main character energy as the kids talk about, right? <laughs> Absolutely be your hero. I mean, remember we were talking you were like what time do you want to do this? I mean, I was really up at five today. I was up at five. You know? Wait, what? Yeah, because you, you you were like, but you have because of the kids. No, I'm up at five every day, just like working out, and then like, you know, working you work out. out. You
0: mean pumping iron? You mean like writing comedy?
1: I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about kettlebells. I'm talking about. No, so like, you're not. No, I am, man. Oh, no, I, you're not. No, I know. I know. Listen, listen. You're like a hundred and sixty soaking wet. I know now. Yeah. I was I was one. Oh, you really are li- lifting weights at yeah. five in the morning, like yeah. fucking Tony Bryant. I was at one. I was like one eighty-seven. That's Maybe what you like, weigh. That's I was one eighty-seven. What do you weigh now? I won. I weigh like one. Se- I know it's my glasses. You weigh what I weigh one seventy-two. So like, wh- I, I you lost fifteen pounds? Yeah, yeah. I know. I it, it looks like cause I feel like because I feel like I could pick you up and put you over my shoulder. It's my energy. <laughs> It's my energy. That's why people they, they think that I'm smaller than I am, but I can truck motherfuckers if I want to. So you're to. saying
0: you're 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 sinewy, you're you're a muscle, you're all <laughs> strength.
1: No, I don't know. I mean, but at this point, at this point, I wanted to. I knew that I had to have a radical change in my life. That if because I already had a routine, and my routine was not comedy routine, but my routine was being like, um, you know, occasionally you know doing a yoga or something like that and then like and just kind of always being passive. So if uh, to me to do this whole special you have to you know and to do something different um you need radical changes in your life and this is like one of them. So like you know I mean there's this book called the 5am club. I'm a huge plug for that. Um so like I I uh I I read it and I try to get up. I've been doing it for probably like a month or two now and it feels it feels good. It feels good. It feels because comedians shouldn't be doing. You said to me, comedians wake up late. Fuck yeah. Why? Because you're doing sets late at night. Fuck that. You gotta go do to your the fucking, sets. Go home. You got to Go to the <laughs> cellar at eleven, twelve. Yes. Do some shit. But you can still do that. Go home, get some sleep. Go home, get some sleep. Do it again. Like, I mean, I like the cellar sets that I have are usually earlier, like eight, nine, maybe ten at the latest. I can go home. I can go go to sleep and be ready and refreshed for another day. I'm off a of coffee. I'm 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 starting a cult Wait, if anybody is a wants whole to do. Change. You're all, you're not drinking coffee. I haven't drank coffee for like two years. Still smoking weed. Um, edibles. Okay, same difference. Yeah, same, yeah, difference. same difference. Um I mean, I am a parent. I don't want to go through this fucking stone cold sober. So <laughs> like, like, he said, yes.
0: I thought you were gonna say, I don't want to be messed up for my kids. No, I don't want to be sober <laughs> for their bullshit.
1: For for home, it you it ever done homework with your kids high? It does make. It's so fun.
0: No, I have never, ever <laughs> done that.
1: What are you talking about, Jordan? Oh my god, what a Swiss picnic! It is so fun. So like, all right, <laughs> but it's but yeah.
0: parenting mm-hmm. during not that I would know this personally, but parenting while you are not, let's say, fully on the ground, right? Especially when they're, it's 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 very liberating. It's great. I mean, everything is great. <laughs> there are no mistakes. Yeah. What you colored on the wall, fantastic! Fantastic. Everything is great. We'll just wash it off later. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I think. It, I think it's also. I mean, not to get too deep on it, but it, it's also, it, it it helps me dissipate and and dispel, you know, generational trauma. Sure. Because my parents, if I wrote on the wall. I'd be put through the wall, you know, like so. Like, were they rough? Did you get spanked? Sure, man. Really? I mean, that was another thing. Where was your dad from? My dad is from Detroit, so you, it's like. And mom? My mom is from Mississippi. Oh, so, so if you, you don't got spanked think, Oh, you got spanked? <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot. I I got whooped. Yeah, they were. They did. Ta- they were like DDT,
0: WWE wrestling. Did they use their? <laughs> did they use their hand, a belt, or a switch? All three. You we- got hit with a belt with a switch?
1: Absolutely. Really? My man. father only used his hand. He didn't use implements. Yeah. He would, he, but he could spank I'd shit of me with switch. his hand. My mom, I was like, we have the only hickory bush in Dallas, Texas. We had a hickory bush at our, at our, in our house. And so, uh, I had to go get the switch and bring it back. And then if it was too thin, she'd be like, come on. And if it was too that. thick, she's like, what am I? A monster? I did all that absolutely. Really? I had a kind of a, like a 1950s. I upbringing. love, I love,
0: I love mom's. It's too thick. I'm not a
1: monster. monster. My mom. You're would about be like... to traumatize your child with corporal punishment, but you're not a monster. I wouldn't use an implement that big. I love it, and it's it's really it's a funny. But get thing one to talk that's about. thinner so I can move it through the air faster. <laughs> it's corporal punishment. I think it's being synthesized out of the culture, but it was yes. normalized into the culture, 100%. and it's being synthesized out of the culture. Do I ever think and and relive the those moments whenever my Fuck kid yeah. is doing wild shit? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, you deserve
0: the things my parents would you do. You know what? My, see, it's funny you said your mom did it. My mom never hit me. Oh, good good lady. <laughs> but she would tell dad he did blah blah blah. <laughs> so he has been sentenced to a beating. So now I am waiting until dad gets home for the beat. So I'm like, just traumatized, yeah. like, waiting. I'm not I'm gonna get beat for, it could, yeah. could be hours. Then I'm just sitting there like, I know I'm gonna get beat, I know I'm gonna get beat. And he, and the garage door <laughs> was very loud. G- it would kind of shake the house a little bit. <laughs> so when you're happy to see him, it's like, but you're get a beating. It's like, Rawr, like, oh my god, here comes the beating. And she would run out to the fucking garage yeah. and tell him he did. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then he'd come in like, oh, like fucking John Wayne or some shit. Oh, what did you say to your mother? What did you do at the mall?
1: Blah. And beat your ass with his fucking hand. My dad was more like John Wick. <laughs> he was, like, <laughs> was just like, put you, he would, I would try to like defend myself and he'd like spin me around and like put me oh in, no. in a move and then, you know, he'd break my neck and then, <laughs> I'm kidding. You I'm tried kidding. to defend you. No, it was uh, made clear myself. early
0: on, like, yeah. oh no, no, yeah. Do, if you, if you no. try to block the beating in any way, it will get worse.
1: worse. Like that was overtly yeah, yeah, stated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to take your punishment. Yeah. No, every year I would try to defend myself and every year he, I still, Still test his shoulders. They're still strong. But like, <laughs> he's kicking 80 in the ass, but he's still strong. And and it was, it was just tough. It was tough. But you know, I, I feel like from that, I knew I was like, I'm not gonna do this to my kids. And what my You mom, came to that decision on your own? Absolutely. I was like, this sucks. See, I thought mm-hmm. this is what you do.
0: Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, oh, hell no, we're never doing oh, okay. this. And I was like, that part of my brain was like, that sounds good. And part of my brain was like, really? Like, does that right?" And yeah. and as I read, it was like like Alvin Poussant and oh, yeah. other people were like, yeah. here are all the reasons why this is bad. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And we've never, ever touched them in that way.
1: Yeah. I think, like, for me, it was like when you're, you know, I'm married to a, a white, a spicy white, <laughs> but a white nonetheless. And and oh, you was, are <laughs> in an interracial relationship. Yes, yeah. Because yes.
0: before you were trying to razz me about I'm getting the good table. You should know good that my wife. Is- you should know that so it's,
1: yeah it's fair play so yeah she's wait both your parents are black both my parents are black
0: yeah okay yeah but you got the question right
1: you I, yeah yeah totally you i mean my or? parents i mean you're, in buying, another, right? In you're in, mixed right
0: you're mixed, yeah i'm right? mixed right? no bro no i'm not <laughs> are you sure right you get that dude right are you yes. sure because you're so li- yeah you right you have that that, oh, yeah. that that it's not yellow but ish <laughs> that black people
1: be like you mix right and you'd be like no like are you sure? Like what do you mean am I sure? Absolutely. As as my as my friend Phoebe Robinson, my dear friend Phoebe Robinson said, I would if I were a slave, I'd probably be a house slave making ice cream. Like that would be my That's job. So wrong. Grinding ice cream That's and making so popcorn. Wrong. Like so uh I feel I feel like <laughs> so with, my parents, it, with my parents, but my parents though, um, uh, yeah, they, my dad is very light skin and he looks, he's like basically Creole. And then my mom is dark skin. Is he mixed? Uh, he is, his family tree is like, don't know much about it. Um, so that, that was, that's the thing. So, um, but my mom's, we, we identify more Wait, with my If he's, family. is he, you said he's from Detroit, but but via is, New Orleans. F- via New Orleans. So his father is from New Orleans, an orphan from New Orleans who passed for white and fought is in your, World War II. Your grandfather passed for white. Yeah. Like how deeply,
0: like people around him like really didn't know. People didn't know, I mean. Like it, Anatole yeah. Broyard, like I'm really <laughs> being, a, I'm living as a white man, like really?
1: Pretty much, I really? mean, like pretty much. He got in a. I think he got in a bit of trouble with that in World War II, too. I think it was like something, something Cause, happened because the because the army was segregated. The army was segregated. I,
0: I, yeah. I didn't even believe it till I heard like David Dinkins mm-hmm. told me we were treated worse than the Nazi prisoners of war, and I'm like, I'm not going to wow. say anything, yeah. Your Honor. Your yeah. Your Honor, but I don't believe in And then Jesse Jackson said the same thing, and another yeah. older black man said the same. And, and I was like, "This must be true." I keep hearing this. Yes. I was like,
1: "That cannot be." Do you mean they okay? Keep dur- that. Yeah. So the, uh, their experience during World War II. I mean, so he was a cook on a destroyer, and it was like he just pa- he passed, you know. So um, and because he came from, he wasn't. He was a person of color. I'll put it that way. In New Orleans, there's an old saying: "How do you know who your daddy is? Just because your mama told you so." So like, <laughs> that's all black. People. <laughs> that's all black people. But like, but that's that. That was his. Uh, that was his experience, and so you know. Um, then he met my grandmother, who my grandmother also you know, of mixed derivation, but from the Carolinas. But they, by the time they started a family, you know, the the children were like the children were black. I mean, or or you know, my dad. They there was a spectrum, a spectrum.
0: So your mom had your grandmother had a little color, yes, a little color, yes, to where your dad. Starts to look,
1: yeah, brown. Yes, brown,
0: lighter than you, but definitely such a lighter weird than me. Conversation. Oh my god! I, my dad, a lot of sun hats. My dad, my dad, <laughs> was very yellow, mm-hmm. and there had been a sort of let's say whisper in the family <sighs> that his father was different than his three brothers' <sighs> okay. father. Yeah, and then it turned out that, that was true. Wow! Didn't wow. find that out until much, much, much like very recently. So, in, for like. Fifty years, I thought yeah. one thing, and then we learned actually no, my grandfather is
1: actually white. Huh? Didn't know that until I was like fifty years old. Well, colorism is a crazy thing, man. And you know, I mean, or er, 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 the notion of color, especially in, in black culture. I mean, like for me, like I have I have a brown daughter, and I, I have my my white son. And uh, <laughs> really, but, yeah, he's mine. We took the test. Wait, wait. Um, your yeah. your son could pass? Oh, definitely. He studied studied really hard, Um, (laughs) but but your daughter can't (laughs) my daughter can't. No, no,
0: no, no. See, I believe you because I know you, but also because (laughs) I have that in terms of my son is black at a distance and he will. (laughs) Right? Like twenty yards away, you'd be like, that's right. a, that's a black kid. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get to know him, you'd be like, Oh, your mom's not black. Okay. Oh. But my daughter, I am certain, will always be like, What are you? What are you? Because yeah. we don't we're you're not you are not you are not hitting the normal benchmarks that we see. Right. So what we, we don't know what you are.
1: His hair is, you know, his hair is like blonde, dirty blonde, interesting. And, and, and it's like, you know, it's this uh kind of it's a mass of like I guess waves and curls and things like that. So it's like, it's, there's no naps in it. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is my white son. And people will be like, oh no, he looks like you. And I'm like, if you just saw this kid on the street, you wouldn't be like, look at that black kid up (laughs) there.
0: No, I could comb comb my son's
1: hair with my fingers. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. It's a really crazy thing. Dr.
0: Umar would hate both
1: of us. Dr. Umar (laughs) would hate our guts. I'm I'm not, I'm not out here. I'm not out here worried. About, I mean, I appreciate Dr. Umar, but like, but I, I feel like, you know, this, you can't help who you fall in love with. Right. So you fall in love with this person. And then also like when I was a kid, I, I grew up with a white beauty standard that I felt that I got over in college. And then I met this, this lady and I was like, all right. And, and we've been together ever since. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, the, the, what I was talking about was it's not even the race thing. It's more culture, the cultural differences, how she does not, want to lay hands on these kids, you know? Sure. And, and and I appreciate that. But uh, like most white people, the psychological warfare is intense. <laughs> it's, like, it's the, it's the cold war of it all that I'm like, just go talk to her. Why aren't you talking? No, no. <laughs> We're in timeout right now. Both of us, Jesus Christ, <laughs> over waffles. What is going on? Everything is like everything. I mean, to survive, like, like I like, I love my wife. <laughs> Let me put it that what way. What would you do. Of course. But everything is something to be survived. And I noticed that is like that's a that's a cultural class thing. Like her, she's of a certain class where good things are made into problems, right? Like she you have to survive the holidays. <laughs> How Your do wife we? Said that? Oh God! Is this a bit or are you just? No, talking? I'm serious. half a bit. This is a bit. It's half a bit. This is a bit. Don't make me go in on morning people either. But like, she's like, she's like, she's like, we have to survive the holidays. And she'll say things like, um, I need a vacation after my vacation. Right. Out loud. (laughs) I feel her though. I feel her. What in the, it's the most white people thing you can do. We also go apple picking every year because like, so white. It's so white. So it's white. but it's a certain type of white. It's it's not like it's not like double wide trailer. You know, fucking NASCAR white. You know, it's, my kids. Yeah,
0: my kids started this joke, this ongoing thing that we all do. now. well, my wife doesn't do it. We do it. We're like, for example, if I was to say to my son something along the lines of "Stop talking." right that mm-hmm. uh, you may sometimes need to say to your children <laughs> and he and he'll he'll go not you trying to silence a black man in America. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And like my daughter, teaches like that whole thing. Go like, tag up on you. Not you, you trying to steal the work of a black creative person during Black History Month. <laughs> which the other part of the joke is like it's fucking August, and then we're like every month is Black History Month. And Your kids like, sound great. Oh man. my god, it's and we do it back and forth to each other. <laughs> like not you. <laughs> Trying to make a black <laughs> father seem like he's not part of his children's <laughs> lives during black
1: history month. <laughs> my is it, wife is like,
0: what is happening? What is happening?
1: Is it is it fun? I mean, that older oh, they get, so is it like the older they get the because I you know we're we're imbuing them and definitely indoctrinating them with all of our musical tastes. Oh, beautiful. We're, we're just so, we're awful. Beautiful. They're not gonna give yeah, a shit. They're not they're just they're no, like they're not it's gonna like Stevie it. Wonder, I mean, it's, like, something, it's like Max Roach. Like, I have yeah.
0: tried to a similar example. I have Played Chappelle for uh-huh. my son. Because he's into comedy. He'll be in his room, find a joke online, run, Dad, so. And like, okay, that was really funny. Yeah. That one wasn't so funny. Yeah. Right? Or if you shifted what is the joke he said? He said, he said, what was the joke he said? If I God, he loved this joke. He said this to Eric Andre, who he thought that was, that was really funny. Because <laughs> we because Eric Andre yeah. was in Fort Greene. Um, he, I'm trying to remember exactly. He said, um, you know, if I go up, if a baby, if a baby kicks its mom, everyone's like, "That's so cute." But if I kick a pregnant woman, it's like, "Go to jail." Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? fuck? And I'm like, "It's kind of funny." Let's 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 workshop the diction right. a little bit, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. But so I play him Chappelle, and he's like, yeah. "Not funny." Dave Chappelle is not funny. I'm like, okay, for but, political reasons. For political reasons, I mean, he's, or, just, he's just not hitting He's just not hitting. Okay, he just doesn't okay. laugh. He's not yeah. even thinking about the politics. He just doesn't laugh. Huh? And like, I'm like, but this is like the greatest comedian of all time. It, and he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't find it funny at all. It could be that. But Ronnie Chang. Okay, Ronnie Chang. Michelle Wolf. I could be mm-hmm. like, yo, we're going to the fucking comedy cellar to listen to Ronnie Chang. He's like, let's go. Oh yeah. my god, love it, Ronnie It could Chang. be a
1: different. I mean, he, it, like Ronnie and Michelle could speak to him because he's of a different generation. You know, I mean, there's that, there's they're that not, part. They're not zoomers. They're not They're. I mean, they're younger than Chappelle. Like Chappelle is what? He's almost 50 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, th- I mean, like, uh, so Ronnie, Michelle, they're probably in their late thirties. It's, there's a different point of view. It's just a different point of view, you know, but nonetheless, yes, your son is wrong. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> like, of course you are. Now, you'll get older. You'll figure it out. Your son is wrong. Um, yeah.
0: You know, yeah. The, my, the thing I noticed about childhood, uh, parenthood is that it starts off extremely blue collar and becomes increasingly white collar as you go along, right? How's that? When you I have the this. little babies, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just doing blue collar work. Yeah, clean up the shit, yeah. feed the baby, right? You're the fucking butler, Almost right? No like, collar, yeah, like yeah. Like totally. put him, put it, put them to bed. Yes, right. You got to be their little entertainer, mm-hmm. right? They're not talking; they're just laughing or looking <laughs> off the space, and you're like, hi. Look at this black and white thing (laughs) to extract your retinas or whatever the fuck, right? But it's just blue collar work. Got to take them outside. Got to get the fresh air every day. So bundle you up, walk around. You're right, right? And then as you get older, oh yeah, right, it becomes increasingly like, hey, you know, if somebody says something racist to you, here's how you can Mm, handle that. mm. You know, you don't like Mm -hmm. when somebody. Talks behind your back. Here's yeah. how you can handle that situation. You know, my son is 15. Now it's like, you know, well, how do I get a job when I go into the real world? Well, here's how you handle that yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're getting increasingly more conceptual. Yes, and yes. He comes to me the other day and he says, I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm not a big church-going person, yeah. but I do believe there is something larger than us. Right. So now we're having an argument about... Atheism mm-hmm. and the nature of God, which for him basically boils down to why do bad things happen to oh, good people? The Holocaust yeah. happened. There's no God. There's no. Like, God. I mean,
1: I, that would probably, if I were experiencing that, I would I'd be like, yeah, there is no God. God is God, God is not. He's not listening to my prayers. I don't
0: know. Yeah, so,
1: so, you know. But yeah. I mean, you know. So so it becomes increasingly
0: higher level. Yeah, culture. you're right. I don't. I just tell him to go take a shower. I don't mm-hmm. bathe him. Yeah. Right. I. Give him food, but I don't need to like. It's it's not the same.
1: I guess that's you know? why people like dogs.
0: <laughs> you did do not align it's, it dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's always the same. It's always kids. the same every day. No, I I, I feel I feel you. Like oh, it's the dog, getting,
0: it's, the dog parenting doesn't change. Doesn't change. No, the no, kid parenting change. gets more and more complex.
1: More complex, and and um the issues become. Yeah, uh, just more higher order. Like, I know, I like with my daughter today, she was talking about like dividing by certain ratios and things like that. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know? <laughs> I don't get your math at all. I <laughs> don't get your math at all. But I was like, if you divide by, like, okay, if, if it's 10 divided by, because it was tricky, it was like 10 divided by one half, not 10 times one half. Oh. 10 divided by one half is 20. Me.
0: You lost me. You, you, you flipped
1: the ratio. I don't know. Two over you're one.
0: Talking. I have nobody.
1: Everybody at home in the comments. <laughs> no idea what you saying But it's it's that kind of like I was like she's in the fourth grade. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, look, she's got a great mind. She has her mother's mind. She's gonna do. She's gonna do great things. Her mother like private graduated. School? She goes to No, she goes to public school. Shut up. No, my my wife is like public school Brooklynite. You know, she believes in like uh, a, a good see, public school education. I
0: was like, if I don't send you to private school, I'm not paying it forward and doing what my dad did for me. Wow, and I would failing you. Yeah.
1: if I don't give you at least what my father gave mm. me and more. Nice. I see. I see that. That's a good. That's a good mantra. I am cheap. Now, <laughs> I feel like, but I, I I give it. I I give them what my parents used to complain about. Mm. Cause my parents would be like, we're paying. Three private school educations, and it'd be like, I'd be like, mo- my mom, mom would always be like, that uh, yes, <laughs> that's my mom. She'd be like, I could be driving a Porsche right now. I could be driving a Porsche. Right s- now. The same shit. Yeah, we, we could have a house in the Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. If not for you two, yeah, yeah, you fuckers. So I was like, why don't I give them these things? So it's like right. now. Like, every summer we go to Maine, you know, Beautiful. because it's like, we can do that because we have the, you know, because, you know, NYC, adjacent? huh? because I'm white, white adjacent. adjacent? <laughs> Love being on the island and being the black population on the island.
0: Thanks so much to Jordan for a great interview and thanks to you for listening. Tour Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. Maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Toray Show is written by me, Toray, and produced by Jennifer Brown. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington and Nick Karp. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back next week with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down.